0: You're listening to Wickham Sound online on radio player and on 106.6 FM. Welcome to the penultimate edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show uh, from High Wickham and from the Wuben Green Branch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A very good evening from the Wooben Green Branch. Uh, <laughs> welcome along too to to the penultimate Wickham Wanderer Show. It's exciting, isn't it? Uh, it is, yes I think yes. exciting is the word uh, No, I think it's very exciting Will we score 14 goals on Saturday? <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's always exciting, isn't It's it? not impossible Well, not not quite <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I don't know whether any team has ever done it Ever um, I, think that, that, I, think, I think there was some slightly strange uh, Spanish score um, in the European Championship once where they needed to win something like 13-0 against a very small team and they did Oh, okay um, so it's I not think, unprecedented. But I think the suggestion was it was a bit like West Germany against Austria in 1982 in the World Cup.
0: <laughs> very similar <laughs> if, to that. Yes, yeah. Nice to be speaking to you, though, off the back of uh, back-to-back home wins. Which is very exciting.
1: It's, uh, it is, isn't it? I mean, and just what what a win it was on Saturday uh, against Bournemouth. You know, Bournemouth, who, who definitely very much have aspirations to be back in the Premier League um, and were the side who, when we played them earlier on at Dean Court, still Dean Court to me, <laughs> um that, you know, had £99 million worth of talent on display against us, uh, and we managed to beat them on Saturday. It's Very, very good news. Uh, Also, still to come
0: this week, uh, we'll hear uh, a fantastic chat that uh, Bob did with Chairman Rob Cooig, and uh, also we'll hear from Alan Phillips, who captained the side against Middlesbrough in the 1975
1: FA Cup third round ties. Which was an absolutely huge deal, wasn't it? Because Middlesbrough were top of the First Division at the time.
0: And led by Jack Tarleton and the likes of Graham Souness playing in their ranks
1: yes <laughs> uh, which definitely makes you think like the team must have sort of had a definition of being quite dour really the fact that jack <laughs> chelm and graham soon is <laughs> in the same side you know that they you couldn't call them flamboyants, i don't expect i imagine the team talks were quite fruity at, the, at <laughs> halftime half <laughs> time <Yes>. as well <laughs> yes goodness me you wouldn't want to be in that dressing room when you've made a mistake would you so bournemouth you're at the game on saturday I was indeed, yes, uh, and and fantastic it was. Uh, you know what a brilliant start um, from Uchi. Obviously, after four minutes, scoring an absolutely brilliant goal, um, and I, I think he can feel a little bit robbed, to be honest, in the goal of the season competition, uh, uh, of which uh, he. spoilers coming up now. Uh, he finished third in, uh, but he was a late entrant because it was such a good goal, uh, and I do feel that possibly he might have he might have won had he scored it sort of earlier on uh, and wasn't a late entrant as it was, um, but. Yes, yeah, super goal after four minutes, um, and you sort of expected that Bournemouth would come back at us, and, and yes, very much they did. But we very much did, you know, hold firm, um, and really, uh, I, I never particularly felt very, very worried that the the results were was in doubt. I mean, possibly, you know, they they could have got an equaliser, but Wickham always looked in control of the game. That that was that was the thing. And it must have been a strange position to be in because, you know, if if Derby had won, then
0: it didn't really matter either way what happened. But, you know, you want obviously uh, your team to finish strongly and and especially last home game of the season and especially against the opposition that they were playing.
1: Yeah, I mean, what what's fascinating, or what was fascinating on Saturday was, as well, how seriously everybody was taking it, even though we all knew that, you know, it was going to take a miracle still to keep Wickham up. Um, the sort of the atmosphere definitely dropped, because, of course, Derby took the lead. Um, and, you know, and, and people were then sort of like, as then Swansea came back into the game, you know, everyone was getting quite excited when suddenly it was sort of, you know, somebody was saying, oh, you know, so a Swansea have equalized, and a whisper went round the, the, the press area. Um, And then when they took the lead as well, uh, it it really did feel a little bit like you were sort of witnessing us maybe surviving on the last day. It had those sort of vibes about it, Um, even though clearly that wasn't the case. And actually, once you then did the math at the end of the game, you were thinking, okay, you know, is it 13? Is it 14? Whatever. It's it's a lot of goals now um, and we have to win. Because Derby and Sheffield Wednesday are playing each other, so it's not as if we could have sort of like met, met the goal difference in the middle with them losing
2: say 6-0 and us winning 7-0.
0: No, and uh, Gareth spoke to uh, Bob after the game We'll hear from Uchi in a few moments time as well
2: It's going to take till the final whistle of the final day To determine where Wickham Wanderers are And I am so, so proud of that I don't want the boys looking at the table Looking at an R or Wickham highlighted in red No, there's other teams that have had that so far And a lot of them would have thought we'd be the first to go I'm really proud of what we've achieved this year And uh, and believe me, we have achieved There's no disappointment at all for me this year 40 points in the Championship It's just brilliant. For this club, who half the lads have played in League Two with me, never mind the Championship. It's uh, it's brilliant for them, uh, and we'll be back, and we'll be better for it. Fantastic goal from Uchi today! Unbelievable. He's a man who, who, all he needs is a bit of belief. You know, you put belief in in that man, and he will deliver for you. And he wants to deliver. He wants to learn. Um, he's just a a, a brilliant. Guy to have around the place he smiles every day he's so happy he cares so much and uh, as long as we've got players like that in the building we've got a chance
1: there was quite a, a lively warm up session going on, or a warm down session, I think is actually the, the term, uh, in case you were wondering what the noise was. I was going to say, it sounded like that. there's another game going on. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely. Yeah, it was a little bit like that. Um, anyway, afterwards, we also spoke uh, to Uchi as well, um, and he was asked whether or not he'd ever taken part uh, in a game where a team had won 14-0. Bah, the only time I've won one of that scores on fever you know so.
3: <laughs> 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 and I think I was just playing against myself so. um, nah, we, we, we go into the game we try our best that's all we can do it is very very unlikely but you, you your team who doesn't give up do, do you um, we don't we don't we fight right to the end like I said special shout out to Anthony Stewart I'll skip it to the rooftops that block just epitomizes what we were about right to the end not giving in so yeah that won us the game not my yeah. goal that won us the game. That just sums up, and he's been good this season, you know.
0: How would you rate your first
3: season at 100%. How would I rate my first season? Like I said, it's been a time of healing for me, you know, on and off the pitch. You know, this club has, has um, you know, helped me a lot mentally and also physically as well. You know, I have good people around me, so it's it's been amazing. It's been it's been amazing in terms of not for myself but in the team as well. Um, I've learned a lot and, and I'm grateful for the, for the opportunity like I said and what's under a manager like that yeah you know he's you know I'm so glad um, to, to, to play under him you know he's he is a top manager he's a top person and he's, he's always liked me as a player and he he has been great for me and um, he's helped me a lot you know I'm, I'm so grateful for him honestly like he's the best manager I've worked on there
0: the manager's already plotting for next season you know you virtually intimated you're going to come back up next season how do you feel as a player when you played like that, and you're going to the last game of
3: the season? Oh, it's, it's good, because we know what this team's about. But we take every game as it comes. We know what we can do. We don't look too ahead. Um, we've got another game on Saturday. Of course. So, um, We're just building. We're just building. That's it.
0: You you personally have been brilliant since you came in the team and proved you can make it at this level. If someone came in for you, championship-wise, in the summer, would that be a tough decision, given how how well this club has treated you?
3: (laughs) You know, I can't answer that. (laughs) You're looking for a nibble, aren't you? (laughs) Nibble. No. um, Listen, I'm a Wickham Wanderers player, as far as I'm concerned, and I'll continue to work for this club. And um, I appreciate, you know, the opportunity they've given me and to continue to give me. So I'm just focused on Wickham Wanderers.
0: Do you ever doubt the chances of this club and the fight of this club? Was there a part in the season when you literally wrote it off yourself?
3: No, it wasn't. I have faith in God and I I believe that anything's possible, you know. And um, I never doubted um, what this team's about. You know the way they went up, I remember watching it. There's something special, there's something different about this club. And you have to be in it to actually understand that I can't put my hand on it, but there's something different about this club. So
2: just I ask you, your mindset when you go in, you got one game left. Mm. There's everything to
4: play for, on a yeah. personal level, on a team level, yeah. everything. What's your mindset going into this
3: game? My mindset is my mindset that each year goes into every game. My mindset is working hard for the team and doing my best. And I'm sure that's how it is the rest of the lads, we're all on the same path and the same wavelength. So it's about going into the game and giving our best, um, and whatever happens, happens. Like I said,
1: Ochi that that celebration today—that was that was something as well as well as the goal.
3: Um, yeah, um, that's kind of my signature celebration, the silencer. Um, you know, I got happy, I got excited, so yeah. I I said to myself, I said to, um, that when I score today, I'm going to do that celebration because I haven't done it this season because most of the time when I've scored, we haven't won.
4: I thought you were going to go and jump and into the manager's arms, but you stood there screaming. And what was that? Choose my ignorance. What are you? Doing? I'm a silencer.
3: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's LeBron James' silencers When when he shoots in basketball, he does he does that move. And All I right. thought I wasn't gonna go and run to the gaffer because the boys have been giving me a lot of stick about that. Excuse my ignorance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is a silencer? Yeah, uh, uh, ask LeBron James; he'll be able to tell you. Uh, I could understand the point though, because it was strange because Uchi did run all the way over and stopped about sort of like two yards from Gareth Ainsworth, and and I think everybody thought, oh, he's going to hug the the manager or at least give him a high five or something. The fact that then he didn't, it did look slightly strange <laughs> what he was doing. Awkward. Um. So so yeah, uh, it it was slightly uh, as as awkward as the situation can be when actually you're celebrating a fantastic goal.
0: We'll hear more from the manager Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, still to come before the end of the show looking ahead to the final game of the season and as mentioned we'll hear from uh, uh, chairman rob cooig and alan phillips as well but first
1: i thought there was going to be a little fanfare yeah there should have been shouldn't there oh dear <laughs> producer luke we, we'd, we'd slightly rehearsed or a drum bit. roll or something yes okay i can do the drum roll that yeah that, that, that was, all sounds a bit naff right like... yeah, yeah. but first uh, yes, we have uh, the results, then, of uh, the uh, Player Awards, uh, which were announced this afternoon. Now, of course, normally this is, is quite uh, an exciting s- uh, ceremony uh, that fans turn up at and whatever, but obviously, because of the current situation, uh, it was all done behind closed doors uh, this afternoon uh, with the Chairman Rob Kuhig um, uh, presenting some of the awards. Um, and so, here we go. Here Here is the list. Uh, first of all, the Chairman's Choice, which is decided by Rob Kuhig alone – Uh, Went to Darius Charles uh, for his fantastic contributions on and off the pitch in the face of injury uh, and adversity during his time with the club so far, which I thought was very nice. Uh, The young player of the year, uh, which is decided by the coaching staff, uh, was, no great surprise, Anis Mometi. Um, who, who who looks looks a little bit fed up in the picture. <laughs> and I, I wonder why that is. The the picture that they've got on the club website, um, uh, a couple of them are actually holding trophies, and then the others are just sort of standing there. And I do wonder almost if it's like that sort of thing at school, where a couple of people got sort of like trophies, and then the others just got book tokens, and, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling <laughs> slightly more hard done by, because actually they wanted the trophy. Or some people uh, have
0: much bigger trophies than others. Some of them well, yeah, yeah,
1: Exactly, yeah. You know, so, so Anis is looking a bit like he's, he's the one who's won the £5, tam- found, a five pound even book token. Um, okay, the um, uh, players' player of uh, the year, obviously voted for by the playing squad. Uh, in third place was Joe Jacobson. Second was Ryan Allsop. And the winner was Josh Knight. Congratulations to Josh. Um the Worldwide Wanderers player of uh, the year, voted for by the international members. Uh, joint second was Josh Knight and David Stockdale, and the winner was Joe Jacobson. I think it's interesting that the goalkeepers and different goalkeepers have featured in both of those, uh, because as I've been saying all season, I really feel that there almost should be a position of the season award, because David Stockdale and Ryan Allsop would definitely win that. Um, and then we come to uh, the supporters player, of the year obviously voted for by the fans online third place was jack grimmer uh, second was Uchi, and first was josh knight uh so very well done and very well deserved i think to josh knight yeah very well done to josh he, he did very well uh, scooping a number of awards there yeah, absolutely, and goal of the season. Finally, uh, of course, Uchi had three uh, attempts at winning gold of the season, um, and so it was quite impressive really that Admiral Musgrave managed to to sneak the award from him. Um, so Uchi's strike against Bournemouth was in third place. Uh, his strike against Brentford was in second, uh, but Admiral's goal against Swansea was voted by the fans as goal of the season. And
0: there must have been some fantastic moments that you've uh, witnessed as well, which I guess we will sort of reflect on a bit more next week. But but really good that to, to have, you know see this this great season in the championship.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it, it certainly, uh, has, has ended better than it started, shall we say. Uh, where, when we were, uh, there's the seven games, uh, without, you know, without so much as a point, uh, you know, you did begin to think, oh, goodness me, this is going to be a long old season. And the funny thing is that it's completely not been like that at all. You know, since, since the, the draw against Watford, which was our first point and which was an incredibly well won point and very, very unexpected because Watford were flying at the time and obviously are one of the teams that have gone up, uh, um, uh, as one of the promoted teams this season. Uh, from then until now, the season has just flown by. You know, you think, where on earth has it gone? And there have been so many highlights, actually. Uh, you know, you I, I think it's quite easy to forget that actually, you know, in the middle of all of this, we played Spurs in, in an FA Cup tie and held them uh, to, to a one-all draw until the 85th minute. And they very much, you know, when Jose Mourinho was still managing them, had to bring on the big guns to ensure that actually they, they proceeded in the tie. Um, and the fact that that, isn't the obvious highlight of the season that I think just speaks absolute volumes for how well the team have done at this season and any game as well. Where we've
0: come from behind to win as well, which has been really, really fantastic.
1: Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, particularly the win against Huddersfield. Uh, you know that that was again very, very unexpected because it was away. Um, we hadn't. I don't think we were going into that in the best sort of like vein of form. Um, and you just didn't, you know, you didn't really see it coming. And and so, so to win that game three two was brilliant. And was
0: it Bristol City recently, which was very memorable as well. That was that was a really good one, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely. Bristol City as well um, uh, against Nigel Pearson. Um, and Goodness me, as, as I think we said, you know, if, if you thought that the the um, Jack Shelton and Graham Soonis um, experience was a bit dull, goodness me. Nigel Pearson after that game, he really, really did look very, very sour. Um, and no surprise really, um, because Wickham completely outplayed Bristol City in the second half and were, were well worthy of their 2-1 victory. You didn't upset Nigel no, definitely not. No, goodness <laughs> me, you definitely didn't want to be on that coach.
0: More reflections next week on the season. We've got a, a very special show planned, uh, including part two of an interview which you haven't heard part one of yet, but uh, we'll be hearing from Rob Kuig uh, Also next week, uh, definitely something to really look forward to, is a bit of a compilation of uh, a lot of the uh, ex-players that we've spoken to And ex-managers as well over the season Big thank you to Alan Hutchinson and JDT For uh, liaising and uh, helping to Arrange those I um, had a sneak listen, if that's a, if that's a thing uh, to, to it And uh, it really brings back brilliant memories it, it appears in the order that we did them, by the way I'm very impressed no, it's, it's very good, it'll, it was, it'll be a, it's a great listen And a really nice kind of
1: memento of, 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 of the players that we've spoken to And some of the memories that they've shared with us As well from different eras Yes, and as you say, you know, a big thanks to the Xpayers Association because without them we, we couldn't have, uh, you know, we we would have struggled to fill these shows. <laughs> so thank you very much to, to them for arranging all of that.
0: No, no, it really has been a highlight and a, and a fan favourite. Speaking of which, in a few moments' time uh, we'll be hearing from Alan Phillips who captained the side in 1975 in the third round of the FA Cup against... Middlesbrough. This. Is Wickham Sound still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show? Thirty-four of thirty-five, uh, our penultimate show. Uh, we'll be hearing from Chairman of Wickham Wanderers, Rob Kewig, who's been uh, chatting to Bob his reflections on the season, and uh, it's a two-parter, so uh, you can hear more of it on next week's show. As Bob mentioned, we're very grateful to the Wickham Wanderers Explorers Association for. Um, uh, working with us in providing us some, a fantastic array, if that's the word, uh, of uh, former players of the club. And this week, times to perfection, mainly thanks to JDT, uh, caught up with uh, Alan Phillips, who capped the side, against Middlesbrough, who were playing on Saturday, of course, in the third round of the FA Cup in 1975, and uh, started by finding out a bit about how he became a wanderer.
4: I've been uh, extremely fortunate to uh, play for Hendon at a time when they had great desires for the league and cup. And it's about the time that Wickham at Brian Lee had, and, and John Reed and a great management set up had uh, got together at Wickham. And Wickham were going through some great peers from late 60s into the 70s. So I almost joined Wickham uh, to start of the 70s. But it, I looked at the team and it, it was fantastic. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't see myself being able to get into the team. It was uh, so strong. Uh, so I, I remember having discussions with John Rean and said, Well, you know, I, I really wouldn't be happy at coming and being a, a reserve with the team. So I, I I, really, that's how I ended up playing at tendon. And uh, the fact that I lived at the time at Twickenham was another major factor. But in 1973, I moved to Henley on Thames. That wasn't the the major factor for coming to uh, Wickham. The major factor really was, in fact, was. It looked like John Delaney had left in the summer and it looked like if I did join, I'd have an opportunity of being a regular, which was key, as well as playing for a team that uh, was highly successful, multi-talented players, very strong management team and a wonderful crowd base. So really it was a dream to uh, come to Wickham at the time. And fortunately... The playing experience justified it, thank goodness. So I joined in um, 74, 75 And I suppose the first experience was that they noted that they hadn't been beaten at home for a long time. I thought, gosh, this is is great pressure, but also um, a superb competitive situation to enter. Luckily, I think we maintained that throughout the season.
0: So what were your first impressions of being at the club? Because obviously people talk about the slope. That must have taken a bit of getting used to.
4: I think, well, the slope was a shock, although I played on some wild pitches in Wales and goodness knows where. So it's, uh, and you, you really needed to get to get used to it and get your fitness level you used to uh, striding uphill, et cetera, and downdale, I think it just the professionalism of the club. um incredibly well well run committee management crowds etc everything about it was uh, was top notch i thought for for non league football and anyone that, well as as i previously played quite a few times at the uh, ground i initially played with Tooting and Mitcham and then with Hendon and it was always a great experience to come and play in front of uh, uh, crowds and and really Admired the way the crowds were so supportive of their team. So the criteria of, of 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 coming or not was based on the fact that I thought I would be able to fight my way into the team, and it was uh, you had to compete to, to get into the team. A strong squad.
0: I was going to say that must have really impressed you when you arrived as well. That the type of player and um, well, and, the, and the character and obviously the the level of football of of the people that were there at the time.
4: Very fit people. Very. I mean. Every player was uh, very, very talented. I mean, and they had that backbone of John Maskell and Tony Horseman. But, you know, alongside was you know, just every player was, was very, very talented. Uh, and new players brought in Howard Kennedy, Steve Perrin, uh, Gary Hand was younger. But, you know, I could name all of them. They're absolutely. Uh, top class in their particular position and the way in which the training was set up the light blue against the dark blue tracksuits engendered a competitive edge in the training sessions each each session and that was you had to enjoy that otherwise it was uh, it would have been very uh, trying
0: and we were fortunate enough to have uh, brian lee on the show recently what was he like to play under
4: very 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 astute i mean you Probably opinionated, but knowledgeable, you know you, amateur footballs, um, in more refined Brian Clough, I'd say, he, he was tremendously knowledgeable, able to set a team up correctly, you knew your positions, very, very uh, aware of what was expected of you. So you could understand how successful he was through the period that he was manager. Incredibly successful uh, manager at that, in that era.
0: So we ought to talk about the uh, the FA Cup. Well, obviously they're the third round, but did you feel you know you were getting up some momentum?
4: The uh, early early rounds, yes. Yeah, so, I mean individuals. I mean I think in one game, Paul Boza I saw scored a tremendous goal. We already had you know Tony Horsman and Keith Searle, who were fantastic, that attacking players. Of it, but other players could contribute and. It was hard fought to get through, but once you get to the, through the first round, really, you, you've really got—you know—it's dangling there for you, and and the uh, the hope for third round tie against a, a, Premier, a then or now tied Premier League a team is a fantastic incentive.
0: But it must have felt so special to be at the third round for the first time in the club's history as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and. I think it was fortunate that we had the type of players who could rise to the occasion and do the club proud. And I think uh, amateur players and uh, non-league players, that's what you strive for, is is not to make a mess of it when you get the, the uh, golden opportunity.
0: What people may not realise as well is that Middlesbrough were joint top of the old First Division at the time as well.
4: Tremendous team. A... Uh, well, you know, we, you know, Graham Souness in midfield for them is, uh, and 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 a, a whole load of uh, superb uh, players playing for them, and and deservedly in their position, uh, with a very uh, good manager in Jack Charlton, who was, uh, I mean, okay in in later times with I learned he was practical, but they were a very, um, very talented team to play against, and on a home a home tie to begin with on our ground was was a dream really but we justified it in the away, in the away game with only a goal in in the dying uh, end of the game it, it was a fantastic experience for all concerned I think
0: it must have been so special as well to be the captain of that team on, on, in both games
4: yeah I mean I've I've well, it was, it was so so uh, thankful to be there. I mean, I'd, luckily the previous season I I played with Hendon at Newcastle, so uh, I suppose once you'd had the experience of going there, there was there was nothing to lose other than being fearful of not performing to the level that you hoped you could, and uh, in front of a, re- a you know a reasonably big crowd, which is what most people want to do. But it, the um, yeah, the experience was tremendous. But it, it's there were lots of captains in that team. That's the thing. There were lots of leaders. Everyone was uh, fully. That need didn't. There was no need to motivate people. They were fully motivated.
0: And to have such a big crowd at Lokes Park as well must have felt excellent.
4: Oh fantastic! And uh, before this uh, discussion, I'd, I'd looked at the uh, ITV. Uh, Replay of the uh, game, that uh, and and just looking, watching the crowd in the background was amazing. And I uh, I remember going out at, uh, and tossing the coin first, of all, and uh, I think I dropped the coin, which the referee wasn't uh, the thankfully uh, retrieved it from uh, the earth. And and before then, we'd we uh, to uh, Jacks. Uh, smethers the uh, chairman who was in the hospital so we were playing you know for the for the crowd for him for everyone concerned that was quite an experience to go to the halfway line and wave to him before the game as we knew he was watching from the uh, hospital bed so uh, as a, as captain yes it was um, it's a great experience but just like anyone else you're out there everyone's everyone has has their role and uh, they all knew their role, so it it, uh, it was a uh, pretty um, easy experience tossing the coin.
0: <laughs> and you came so close to scoring yourself as well.
4: Yeah, very, very um, fortunate, if only. But you can't if only. The, uh, yeah, the Middlesbrough player put a, a tremendous challenge in at the same time. So it was uh, great defending by him, really. I thought I'd got there. But Terry Reed had put a superb free kick in, and if I was a centre forward, probably I'd have scored. Who knows? <laughs> it was it was a tremendous. Uh, it, we almost uh, we almost uh, took them, but it's uh, uh, that's the luck of the game. You you have to take the opportunity when it comes against. I think top pro teams like Middlesbrough, like Premier League teams, a non-league team really has to do something to score against them. And uh, we came so close.
0: It must have given you such belief going into the second leg as well, though having having held them at home.
4: The second leg was a a fantastic game. And probably um, we probably played better to stay in that game. Although they they probably made more chances, we probably be- played better to stay in that game for most of the ninety minutes. And and just to lose it in the last couple of minutes was was. Uh, I mean, it wasn't satisfying at the time, but I remember at the end of it thinking, oh, you know, if only, but let's now get on and win our league and fulfil the season for the club. And and we went on a fantastic run then of um, wins and draws, or mainly wins, to win the league that season, which made it um, very, very special.
0: I was going to say such an incredible time to be involved in. I guess you probably didn't, perhaps even notice at the time, but you know, even till sort of the '90s, really, that was kind of the the real most the highlight of of Wickham's kind of history, really. I say to have reached the third round and to play a team like Middlesbrough, managed by Jack Talton.
4: You have to be fortunate to be able to uh, give yourselves an opportunity. I mean, I, I saw uh, Wickham in uh, one of the um, Wembley uh, Trophy finals, I think. And I, I, I thought they were the the players then in the eighties. I think it was eighties, maybe early nineties. Were fantastic. So I don't think so much the game has moved on in, in a sense at, in uh, particular periods. But you kind of forget the standard of you hoped that you were playing at. And certainly the, that Wickham team was a very very strong team, but it, probably no stronger than Brian Lee's teams. All across that era, it's just that you've got to you've got to given yourself the opportunity of being able to play in something like a, an FA Cup game or a, you know a Cup final or whatever to see if if uh, you can meet those expectations. And
0: are there any other particular kind of moments or games or occasions that really stand out to you uh, during your time at the club?
4: Well, I think that that season we we really had to go on a fantastic run to win the league. And the um, I think the final game was uh, amazingly against Enfield, who were um, tying with us for the league. And I think it ended in a draw, which meant that we won on goal average. And that was a fantastic achievement. Of course, other games would be crucial on the way, but that really was, and that was a big crowd for that, for that game. And I think at the end of the season, we also played a league representative team. And that was a joyous occasion in front of a big crowd. So each of the games, we were undefeated. Wickham's home record was fantastic over the the period. I don't know if Brian Lee would be more aware, but I, I certainly was conscious of joining a club whose home record of not being beaten uh, was enviable at the time. And we were bitterly disappointed. I'm sure the record was up into the 80s, 88, 80 or 90 games before uh, being beaten, which was pretty incredible for the club.
0: It must be so satisfying to you as well to kind of watch from afar, if you like, to see the progress the club's made from going to the Football League to, you know, now being in the second tier of English football.
4: Well, I think it, it just goes to show that Brian Lee, the, the management, the committee, uh, John Reardon's with Brian, etc., had an awareness of how to coax the team through the different eras, from amateur to some pro uh, to professional. And I raised my hat to the way they continued to develop it. I think Brian has made no joke about, or made many jokes about the fact that they probably weren't the best players, but they did seem to get a considerable level of quality of players to join the club. I think this this current year has been fantastic. And OK, they might be relegated, but you don't really, you want a community club. Wickham can never really be in that top echelon not with 8,000, 10,000 crowds or 5,000 crowds. So you've really got to provide a club where you can develop uh, local talent. You provide, as we've just experienced, the ESL sort of experience. Uh, you provide the local community with something to go for and people to come and enjoy seeing a football game at their, at their local stadium.
0: And do you think when Wickham play Middlesbrough in their last game of the Championship season, that will really reignite your, your memories of, of your time obviously playing against Middlesbrough as well?
4: Yes, of course. But I, 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 I hope that Wickham beat Middlesbrough this time. I mean, I, I think they've had a fantastic season. I think it more of, of uh, the opportunity for them to go out on a win. It'd be brilliant. But even so, they've had a great season. Hopefully, the club is in uh, is in super working order for next season, and it continues to be a successful club, but a community club as well.
0: well. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Really great to speak to uh, Alan Phillips, and it's really it really has whetted my appetite for the last game now as well.
1: Oh well, uh, that's good, uh, and I thought thought he spoke very, very nicely as well about uh, Wickham this season, um, and and oh, clearly is fully behind them uh, in their quest to to win fourteen nil on Saturday. <laughs> um, I I have been doing incidentally a bit more research about about what I I, I was saying at the beginning of the show about Spain, uh, and it it, <laughs> it, it it did honestly happen. Oh, um, so so in the Euro nineteen eighty four qualifiers. Um, Spain needed to, to beat Malta, um, uh, and basically an overturn a goal difference, um, of 11. Um, so they, they needed to win by a margin of 11 goals or more to qualify. Uh, and the, the final score from the final qualifying game played on the 21st of December, 1983 was Spain 12. Malta 1. Um, and it is a game that has always been shrouded in controversy afterwards. Um, it, it's claimed that possibly the Maltese were paid not to pay, play their best uh, and to let the Spanish win by a large margin, although nothing has ever been proved. Um, it's rumoured that words were exchanged between the Maltese and Spanish officials and players at half-time. Um, and a few years ago, two Maltese players uh, claimed that the Spanish players uh, had been using doping as they had foam in their mouths and could not stop drinking Drinking Water at half time. They also say that they believe that the Maltese players were drugged via lemon wedges during half time. Wouldn't really fancy having a lemon wedge at half time, would you? <laughs> I do enjoy your in-show
0: research. It's I feel like we just had a history lesson as well. Uh, coming up in a few moments' time, uh, Rob speaks to Bob, uh, all the other way around, uh, here at Wickham Sound. This is Wickham Sound? It's the penultimate Wickham Wanderers show, uh, and uh, still to come, we'll be catching up with Manager Gareth Ainsworth, uh, looking ahead to our uh, final game of the season uh, in the Championship and of the Championship season as well, which kicks off at twelve thirty on Saturday. Uh, coming up now, though, I'm very excited to hear myself because I haven't heard it yet. Uh, Bob chatting to uh, Rob Kuig the Wickham Wanderers chairman. I uh, sat down with him. Uh, it'll, this interview will be in two parts, so you'll hear part two on next week's show. Uh, some really good stuff to come as well about uh, what well, his thoughts. are on the season and um, just some really interesting kind of behind the scenes if you like um, thoughts uh, from Rod Coig, speaking to Bob uh, here at can Sound
1: what are your feelings about this season
5: I um well first of all I sent to Gareth two days ago the Ajax score where they won by 13-0 enough to have. so I mean if they can do it why can't we but having said that um Regardless of what happens, I think it has been a hugely successful season. I am not one who is satisfied, however, with what has happened. I take personal responsibility for our failures at the beginning of the season because I allowed a culture of, wow, look at us, we're in the championship. And there was a sort of looking around at how exciting it was. And I probably should have been harsher about that, that after all, we're all getting paid to be here. Let's be here. And you can go back to that first game, and I know our fans will visit with me on this, when we played Rotherham and we lost an extra time. We sit here today, and you realize just how important every game is. If we had gotten those three points and they had not, and everything else had played out, we would not be talking about today the the need to get 13. There are other times in that first seven-game stretch, and, you know, it took getting clobbered a couple of times, I think, for us to really look ourselves in the eye and say we got one of two ways to go. We can man up and approach this thing as professionals and understand we are as good as other people, or we can just kind of shrink away. And I am so proud of Gareth, the staff, and the players. They took it upon themselves, and they did extraordinarily well. You can whine and complain about referees' calls, and Pete and I do this. Uh, and and he can come up and he can show you twelve points we lost. I've told him, look, there are other teams that, among those that we're competing with, who probably can claim the same or come up with a reasonable argument. You can injuries. I think are what truly disturbed. We hi, we hired. We brought some really good lads on, and and they were confronted with injuries that. Uh, Red cards that decimated us at the wrong times. I have, as any good fan would, a list of 12 things that we could have avoided and we would be mid table minimum. But I take out of this an absolute certainty this club can compete at the championship level. All those people who told me when I first told them we're going for the championships, oh, this is Little Wickham, we can't do that. We're wrong. And it is my absolute commitment to prove them wrong. And we're going to take every step. Look, in the team that, that we field next year, we have to make sure if something horrible happens and we don't get 13 and we're back in League One, we don't assume we're just going to come right back up because, after all, look at what we did. We're going to make those strides we need to make sure we are battering it down. We're coming home. And home to me is in the championship
1: fantastic that you know, I, I think for all fans that's wonderful to hear uh what about gareth obviously there has been some speculation with regards to to other teams uh is he the man who you expect to be leading us
5: back to the championship yes um look gareth and i again i told you we we got to know each other a little bit uh we have an understanding he will tell me if something else comes up that requires him to give it serious consideration We live in a competitive world. He is a competitor. He deserves to be in the championship, in my estimation. I believe that he can bring us back there, and we will give him. He and I met uh, when I was over here three weeks ago, and we went through the list of things that he thought he needed to be able to get back. And I've given them to him. I've told him, yes, 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 yes. We're redoing the training grounds to make them championship level. We're redoing his suite of offices and changing rooms to make sure they're championship level here. It's going to take us a while, but we'll get there. So I think he wants to stay. But I am not a fool. If somebody comes that has a huge bucket load of money, a long history in the championship that would not require devastating his family by moving, uh, that's going to be tough. I think we have made it so attractive for him here. It's hard for those other clubs to figure out what to do to come getting, which is all I can do. Yeah,
1: of course. And I think we all keep our fingers crossed for that as well. Absolutely. Uh, With regards to the fans, obviously season tickets are now back on sale. As far as we know, fingers crossed, they will hopefully be allowed back in in August. Uh, What would you say to those fans uh, who are currently either yet to renew or are thinking of actually taking a season ticket for next year?
5: Well, let me start with the fans I most want to thank. Those people who bought tickets for last year. And whether they asked for a refund or not, they put their money up. They didn't bother us. Nobody, And look, our our pledge was all during the year. If you need the money, let me know. We'll give it to you. No harm, no foul. We did it. When we started this, before we started this season ticket uh, deal, we did something a little unusual. We kind of actively pushed to make sure everybody knew they had an absolute right to get their money back. Uh, and so I want to thank everybody who bought the ticket. Those who took the money back, I understand, and I don't begrudge them for a moment. They are loyal fans. Those who left the money in, terrific. I mean, they they allowed us to have the uh, reserve squad or the B squad or whatever we're ultimately going to call it, from which annis McMenny arose. So they had a real role to play. Uh Going forward, I I want to say we're at 1,300 season tickets already. Ben Griffith, Neil Peters, Pete uh, Kueh did a fabulous job of putting that together. We're one of the first clubs to offer an in-house subscription plan so that nobody has to write the full ticket. You can do it over 12 months. I think that it allows us to plan. It allows you to plan if you really want to be a fan and can do it. And these lots of things that will come with the subscription as we go. We're learning how to add to it and make things more attractive. So I would tell them that if they want to see world-quality football, if they want to come to one of the most progressive stadiums in the U.K., if they want to have great food and food, drink and entertainment and if they want to be a huge part of this community now's a great time to buy your ticket
1: one of the things that you do so well over in america is the the tailgate party which doesn't really sort of happen here the the concept of going to a as you would say parking lot at say eight o'clock in the morning before a game kicks off at one in the afternoon are are we going to see that sort of thing here
5: well yeah we started it last year with the uh village if you remember. Uh, we brought in the food trucks. We're making it available for people well in advance. Our goal is to get you here early and keep you late. It does three things. One, it's a great way to spend a Saturday with your family. It's low-key. You get to talk. You get to see your friends. You get to have a couple of beers. You have a hot dog. I always recommend the hot dogs. And, or Or we actually sell vegan burgers, too. So you can have the whole deal, and that's good. You get a chance to get out and socialize, and gosh, we all need to do a bunch of that and have a great time. I, to me, we're trying to replicate, and we are some distance from this. If you've been to America and you've been to a college football game in the Deep South where I am... 50,000 people will be out at 10 o'clock in the morning for a game that doesn't start until six that night. I don't think we're there yet, but we're making it so attractive, more and more people will want to be here. With regards
1: as well to the stadium and say the parking, is is there anything that you're you're, you're planning on doing about that?
5: Yeah, Neil and Pete have been meeting, and Gordon Riley have been meeting with yeah. council officials yeah. about how we can do better parking rides, how we can bring people in better and park them better, how we, can get people out of here better, because that's a pain. I have to tell you this, though. People complain because it takes them an extra 20 minutes. I had joined that frustration, and then I went to see the LSU Tigers play, and I have great seats, and I'm leaving the game, and it took me a half an hour to leave there. Now, admittedly, they had 75,000 people, but it's the same concept. Everybody trying to jam, jam out of that one funnel is always going to be a little tough.
1: Yeah, of course. Obviously, recently over here, we've had the whole European Super League being talked about. What are your feelings as, a, as an owner about that?
5: I didn't understand it. Operation Big Picture was the original thing that came out. I was a proponent, and I'll be candid as to why. There was going to be a lot of money flowing to the lower leagues. Championship, yes, in which we were a part, but of particular interest was how much money was going to go to the league one league two and and below because to me that money is vital i talk about us being in pretty good shape and we are but even with us in good shape it's by a thread you know 25 percent of this club is owned by the fans i have a fiduciary obligation to them to hold off from doing a cash call if i can and i honor that now the newest thing I don't know what the heck took place. I'll be honest. Where you come up with this idea that you're entitled to be in the Super League, you know, I I presume that what it was is that they looked at the success of the NFL, and they said if you can limit yourself and you have guaranteed revenues, you can, in effect create value in your club that does not exist if you know by way of example as they were told that you're going to get 300 million dollars a year in perpetuity right away your club becomes worth five billion dollars right now they don't know what they're going to get and i can tell you as a person who's tried to buy them it's hard to value these clubs so that made sense to me the way they went about it was all wrong and the thing that i have learned From English football, that is, I guess it's football everywhere but the United States, that really makes it unique is relegation and promotion. If you've ever been to watch the Florida Marlins in August, when they are 23 games out of place, it's you and your sister and two other people. Because nobody cares. Because you know you'll start all over again in exactly the same spot next spring. There's no sense of going down. Here, this past month, has been both terrifying and exhilarating not just for us, but virtually all up and down the pyramid. It is fantastic. Now, this year, they should have a deal that says if you just came into the championship during a COVID situation, you get to stay no matter what. But they're probably not going to put that in in time. I hope you suggested that. (laughs) If you know me,
1: you know I did. (laughs) But you're absolutely right. And the, the, the Florida Marlins example is such a good one in that here you know that if the fans were allowed in it would
5: have been absolutely packed for the, the game against Bournemouth. Absolutely. And what a game they would have seen, huh? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and and what will be good, if you don't mind me putting my salesman hat on now, if they had been in, we're in a similar situation next year for promotion, when we're trying to get our automatic promotion spot, and we're playing somebody, I, I probably Bournemouth or somebody like that because we'll still be in the championship. But when we're playing for those promotional spots, you'll be able to sit there, watch the game and on our big screen, watch what's going on, watch the table change. I found this curious. Uh, You would never do this in America. You would never get the standings changing based on a position a third of the way through the game. It's over when it's over. But here, Trevor Stroud showed me this the first time. Because we were winning 1-0, and so you get the three points in your column, and, whoa, look at us. It's wild. Next year, though, you'll be able to see it on the big screen, and Neil will kill me if I didn't say this. We have 110 television screens now in the stadium that did not exist before. There's a huge screen that will be in the Caledonian suite, outside, everywhere. You will not be able to miss other football games, other attractions.
0: There are 110 television screens that
1: weren't there before. <laughs> you can imagine a lot of Arthur Dadies across the <laughs> way now, sort of like with their head in their hands thinking, Oh, if only I'd known I would have got rid of all of those televisions. But what a fantastic chat. So far Indeed, um, and, and still to come uh, next week, part two of the Rob Kuhig uh, interview, we find out why the Kuhigs decided that they wanted to, to get into football, uh, which is a very interesting tale in itself. And, and also then, uh, actually, the the various attempts in the various clubs um, that the the Higg's looked into before they settled uh, on Wickham Wanderers. So, uh, back to uh, this
0: coming weekend, and as we mentioned, it's the final game of the season for Wickham, uh, away at Middlesbrough. Uh, you're going,
1: aren't you? I am going. Yes, uh, uh, very much looking forward to it. Um, and uh, I, I was speaking to Gareth earlier on um, today uh, and asking him whether ha, how likely it was that Wickham might, might uh, emulate uh, Spain's victory against Malta. How do you approach a game like this? What do you say to the the team when you're you're looking for a fourteen nil win? Have you been practicing with Stockdale being a rush goalie like when we were kids this week? <laughs>
2: Uh, no I mean it's you uh, know a freak result it shock the world I think this one if we could pull this one off uh, so again we've got to approach it as we always do we've got to be solid they're a good side we've got to be we've got to be solid at the back I think that um, being so open and, and you know you could end up on the end of a 10-3 defeat or something ridiculous and that would be more detrimental we've already had a 7-2 this season which wasn't a great feeling I remember the the dressing room after that so now of course we believe we can score we we've created 23 chances in one game if i recall rightly and uh, you know so there was 23 attempts at goal the the, the shots have been there but um we uh we've got to we've got to think um, still about the whole package, and, uh, and you know we want to be solid. We want to end the season on a high. Um, will it be the highest high? Let's see. But um, you know the run we've been on, Bob, has been phenomenal, and I can't wait to see what we can do against Middlesbrough, who will be a super, super tough team. It's their last game of the season at home. They want to they want to carry on. There are some players who want contracts playing for um, Neil Warner can play for next season and. Yeah, we're going to have to make sure that we, uh, we're really on it but I haven't mentioned 14 nil yet to the boys it, it, they all know about it um, listen it's just try and go and score some goals let's see how many we can get and, uh, and we'll go from there
1: uh, Have you ever been involved in anything like that before in a, in a, a very high scoring game?
2: Yeah, I've got Finch FC when I retired uh, I think we I, I scored five in one game and we won about 11-0 but even that was Sunday league um against I think the bottom of the league. So even at Sunday league level we didn't manage to get fourteen. So <laughs> I'm talking we're talking championship here. Uh let's uh, let's be realistic. Let's give some respect to uh, to everyone else in the league and let's go up there and try our best to win the game. Um that for me would be very on the top of what has been a fantastic run lately. Um I think everyone's accepted what well, where Wickham's going to be next year yeah, you never know but um, we're really really proud of the run we've been on and the com- competitiveness that we've shown in the three four months has been superb um, just like I say one point would have made a hell of a difference wouldn't it um, and sometimes that's all it takes we, we can look back at ref's decisions we can look back at some open goals chances we've missed or not many of them it's more the ref's decisions if I'm being honest but yeah uh, mm-hmm. We uh, will be better equipped next time we come here, and when we do come back here, it will be the right time for Wickham to the championship. Let's be honest; this time was a uh, it was a, a real early promotion that nobody expected, and uh, and it was brilliant, and it's fantastic, and I'm proud to be the man who uh, who is at helm of that. But um, now let's see what we can learn, um, and a win would be fantastic Saturday.
1: And as you've said throughout the whole season, whatever happens on Saturday, we will finish in our highest position ever in the, the
2: Football League. <laughs> yeah, we've never been in the top two tiers. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, if it's, uh, what would it be? It'd be uh, 40, 44th, would it be? As uh, it's, it's not a bad position to be finishing in the, in the whole country. Um, I want 43rd or 42nd. That'd be nice, and uh, and even 41st. But we'll see what we can do. Um, it'd be uh, it'd be an awesome, awesome game. And uh, like I said, there's uh, there's some top managers, some top teams in this league, and, and I want to pay all those respects and thank them all for um, hosting Wigan Wanderers and treating us like an equal because uh, we've uh, we've deserved that. We got here for a reason, and uh, just let you know that we'll be back one day. Don't worry about that.
0: It's really nice to hear from. I mean, people say Gareth is obviously inspiring, always very positive, but it was really is brilliant to hear
1: you know the manager of your club talking like that definitely and and he is really inspiring and i've said it a few times i think this season uh on the show i i always think you you have to look at it in a would you want to be managed by gareth ainsworth would you want to go into work every day and have gareth as your boss and the answer definitely is completely uh yes uh whereas there are definitely other uh, managers in the football league <laughs> uh, and premier league that you think oh no actually I, i'm not sure that i'd want to go in every day and, and and have you uh sort of nagging me or whatever you know that, that's definitely not Gareth style is it
0: and i've heard many many press conferences of many especially premier league managers and i, I, can, I can certainly <laughs> can certainly agree with that yes you know
1: i mean for a, and also for a whole variety of reasons where, whether they they just always seem a bit angry or a bit cross or whether they just don't come across very well and they sound a bit dull
0: yes they might just be having a bad day you don't know but yeah, for, yeah. for gareth to say to come down to the you know the more or less the final day of the season and to still be you know <laughs> still going you know still fighting if you're
1: like. I, I think what was it you know um, you you're still looking at the table and you don't see a big r next <laughs> to our name i think well that that you know we would have all taken that at the beginning of the season goodness me Thank you
0: very much. Well, do join us next week because I can promise you uh, a very good show, including, as mentioned, a highlights compilation of uh, some of our interviews that we've had with uh, a number of ex-players from different eras. Uh, We'll also hear uh, part two of our chat with Rob Kuig as well and find out how uh, Bob got
1: on on his trip to Middlesbrough. And we'll also have a few of the bits that didn't necessarily go quite as they were meant to, including quite a lot of examples of uh, lawnmowers behind Gareth Ainsworth. It's been a good season for lawnmowers, hasn't it? It has. Enjoy the lemon wedges. (laughs)